Welcome, everybody. This is episode number nine of Crunch Time, and when you're listening to this, it'll be Saturday, March 21st. We've got a great episode for you today. Hello, I'm your host, Jacob Cox. This is Crunch Time. It is episode number nine, climbing up there in the numbers. I'm going to let this intro or background type of music play throughout my intro because, hey, I love it. It's it's great. Um, today, we've got a lot to talk about, um, really diving into football for the majority of today's episode of today's podcast. We're going to start off the Lions and their free agent moves. Then we're going to jump in. That'll kind of segue us into Slay and others have made comments on Lions head coach Matt Patricia. We're going to dive into what they said and what does it ultimately mean. And then Should the Lions go sign a free agent running back? Seen uh, two of the top three come off the market, but Devontae Freeman is still out there. Should the Lions go get him? And then Brady to the Bucs, top 10 college football coaches right now. And then the hard truth with three of the major professional sports. We're going to get to all of it. It's going to be a jam-packed show, but we're going to start it off the Lions because that's the most entertaining thing happening right now. So here we go. This is episode number nine of Crunch Time. All right, we're back. So, Lions free agent moves. Um, Bob Quinn's been active. Bob Quinn went out, signed multiple players. Um, A lot of them are on defense. And then he acquired a safety and a trade, re-signed a couple of guys, and then traded away one of his best defensive players. We've got a lot to break down in this segment. We really do. So, let's get it going. First of all, I want to introduce you to every move that Bob Quinn made as far as signing guys, getting rid of guys. I kind of want to bring that to light, just so you know. Okay, that's why I do this. I want you guys to be informed before I give my opinion. It's always how it is. So, who did the Lions sign? First signing of free agency by Bob Quinn was Big V. Not going to pronounce this guy's name. It'd be laughable if I tried. So, they signed him to a five-year $45 million deal. Um, they overpaid. Uh, it was way too much money for a, a not-so-good player. A uh, He's not every down. He's an offensive tackle. He's from the Eagles. He's not going to be out there every down. Um, he, he, he's not someone you want to pay $45 million over five years for. Just not. And seeing of who the Lions kind of got rid of or signed elsewhere, uh, Graham Glasgow, an offensive guard, and you got rid of Wagner early. Like it, you, these guys are supposed to be replacing. You know, this is who he's supposed to replace. It's not a great fit. It's not someone that the Lions fans can be happy with. So the first signing of free agency is not something we want to see. Then linebacker Jamie Collins signed a three-year, thirty million dollar deal. He's a linebacker, if, if I didn't just say that. Look, it's a lot of money. He's good 
he's going to help this team. But $30 million for three years is overpaying for a guy who's had one extremely good season with the Patriots. He's had one. Just one. But let's kind of think about what this Lions team is and what they look like. We need guys who have been good for a long time, who have won for a long time. Not getting any of that with these guys. So it's very frustrating on that end too. And the third signing was a defensive tackle, Nick Williams. Two years, $10 million um, from the Bears, defensive tackle. So look, look at this one. He's not great. He's not an elite player. He's not one of the best defensive tackles in the game. But you didn't overpay for him. $10 million for two years. It's not great, but it's not something that I'm going to sit here and I'm going to complain about. Definitely not. And then the Lions went out and signed quarterback Chase Daniel to a three-year deal. Um, I don't care about the money here. I think people might obsess over, oh my God, $13 million. It's... I don't care. My problem is why are you signing quarterback right now? You just told the entire league you're not drafting Tua. You just told the entire league, hey, in this draft, I'm not drafting a quarterback. Which is something, hey, Lions, now your pick, if you were going to trade number three, it your market just went down. No one's interested because they know you're not drafting Tua. Disappointing, to say the least. Chase Daniel, who who cares if he was there or not after the draft? If he was there and you didn't draft Tua, okay. Then sign him. But why are you signing him now? You just told the entire league, hey, you don't need to trade up for the number three pick to draft Tua because we're not touching him. So that's not something I would have done. Um, Not saying I would have drafted Tua either, but I wouldn't have told the entire league that that pick is now not being a quarterback. You know what I mean? I mean, the Lions told the entire league, hey, we're not drafting a quarterback at number three, so feel free to stay in your draft position. And then the Lions went out and signed Danny uh, Shelton. Two years, $8 million. Like I said, not a lot of money, so it's not going to be that big of a problem. And then probably the best signing that Bob Quinn has done is signing quarter uh, corner. Desmond uh, Trufant, two years, $21 million. I'm not going to care about the money, and I don't care about the length of the deal because this guy's a stud. He is an absolute stud as a corner in the game. And that kind of made everyone realize, okay, Darius Slay, he's probably not going to be on the roster anymore. You know, you saw the Darius Slay tweet as soon as Adam Schefter kind of reported this deal or whoever reported this deal on Twitter, Darius Slay went on there. Uh, congrats, brother, or welcome, brother. Hopefully that speeds up my trade process. Okay, cool, Darius. No one cares. We know you don't want to be here. You clearly made that. You made that 100% clear after you got traded. Um, but at the end of the day, we weren't going to... And I'll get to the Slay trade in a minute, and I'll dive more into Slay because obviously that entire next segment is about Slay's comments and everyone else's comments. But look, you look at the Slay contract. You weren't going to pay him this next offseason. So he was he was going to leave no matter what. You might as well have got something for him. Um, but I'll get to the trade in a minute. Desmond Trufant, I like it. It's a good deal. 
Next one, safety, uh, Jerron Curse. One-year deal, $2.75 million. It's fine. I, it doesn't matter. It's adding depth. It's adding guys to that defense that maybe can play a part in the success of the defense. But I'll get to why that's never going to happen in a minute. And then they went out and signed uh, corner Tony uh, McRae to a one-year, $1.5 million deal. Yeah, it's whatever. doesn't matter. Um, they acquired safety uh, Duran Harmon um, from the New England Patriots in a trade. Uh, they swapped late-round picks. So it's not like we just kind of picked up a guy for free because you swapped a late-round pick that really wasn't going to play huge. Like you don't need to have that. You know, let's say it's a seventh round pick. Let's hypothetically seventh round pick. The 14th pick in the seventh round versus the 31st pick in the second round. Like in comparison, it's not right now. You're not looking at it being like, oh my God, that matters. I'm okay with them getting another safety. Just add depth. Maybe he'll play. Maybe he won't. He'll compete. Um, And he already kind of said that he was, he's going out here and he's, he's happy to be here. He's happy to be a line and he's happy to come compete. Unrestricted free agents, we signed uh, Mullback and Amendola, but that's been a while. Um, we lost, obviously, Glasgow. He signed with the Broncos. Driscoll signed with the Broncos. J.D. McKissick signed with the Redskins. Ashawn Robinson signed with the Rams. And Logan Thomas signed with the Redskins as well. This is interesting. Um, the Lions also released uh, Snacks. Wagner, who then signed with the Packers. Uh, Kennard, who also signed with the Arizona Cardinals, and uh, Kyle Slaughter. And obviously that brings us to the Darius Slay trade. Okay, But before I get to the Slay trade, and then before I dive into the comments that he made post-trade, I do want to say that the Lions were 3-12-1 last season. And you look at these offseason moves, and what does it tell you? Does it tell you that this team is getting 20 times better? Not a chance. Does it also tell you that this team's getting 20 times worse? I don't necessarily think that either. I'm saying these moves aren't doing anything to get you to 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7, and seven, but it's not doing anything to get you to 0-17 now. 0-17. Like, I don't think Bob Quinn or Matt Patricia and Martha Ford with her sunglasses on really know what direction this team is going in. Are they rebuilding or are they trying to make the playoffs? I think everyone knows Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia need to win now. But these moves don't necessarily say, okay, yeah, they're in a win now mode. Because if Bob Quinn was just trying to save his job, he would have never traded Slay. He would have had two elite corners on both sides of the field. So what is this doing? You know, Slay traded to the Eagles for a 2023rd and fifth round pick. You know, people say it's an underwhelming return. Okay, well, they couldn't get the second round pick, so they threw in the fifth round. Okay. Those of you who listen to 97-1, the ticket, Dave Burkett went on there and and kind of said, hey, they were looking to get the second round pick, but, you know, it's a third round pick. It's not the end of the world. It's not, you know, it's not something you were like, oh, my God, they, they stole the Eagles. They got a third and a fifth. But it's also... They, they didn't get burned, I don't think. I think the third and the fifth is fine. I think some people are just mad that they traded away Darius Slay, an elite corner. I'm a Lions fan, and I'm not mad he's not here. Okay? 
I, I'm not. But I give this Lions offseason a C plus just because I don't know the direction of the team. I don't know what, what they're doing. I don't know. Are they just trying to be relevant next year? Are they going to make the playoffs? Or are they going to be 0-17? Let me tell you, they're not making the playoffs. I know that. But it's nice to know the direction of the team before I'm supposed to go here and make my predictions and say all this about Bob Quinn and Matt. I don't know the direction of this team. I have no clue. Not a clue. And I don't think anybody but Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia can actually give you an answer on that. And they they really don't know either. All right. It brings us to Slay's comments. Brings us to Slay's comments. The comments Quandre Diggs made when he departed in the trade last season. So it's very interesting. Okay. That this is this topic now that I'm kind of jumping into. And. It exploded last night at about 6 o'clock. Slay went on WJR and talked to the people on there and, well, made some comments about head coach Matt Patricia. And it's very interesting. It's very brutal to hear what some of these, you know, to to hear what he said. Because, you know, we, we... I think it's portrayed that these guys love Matty P and, and these guys love Bob Quinn and want to be here and all, and all this stuff. So Darius Slay said he wanted to stay for a minute, but he knew how him and Patricia were and that that wasn't going to last long. Slay said he disagrees with the coach on a lot of things, said he was bothered by the way Patricia saying he wasn't elite, only good. That's an elite damn corner. And you're going in the room and you're saying he's only good, not elite. That's going to be a tough pill for that guy to swallow. Also a leader on the team. Slay said the first year with Patricia was rough and destroyed their relationship. Destroyed their relationship even though the second year was much better. Slay went on to say that he didn't respect Matt Patricia as a person even before the Quandre Diggs trade. And he knew the relationship wasn't great. Hmm. Hmm. Slay said Matt Patricia told him he had no business working out with guys like Richard Sherman and Aqib Tlaib. Said those guys were elite and Slay was just good. And that was the reason you don't work out with them. All right. And then today. Okay. And then today on ESPN, former Lions quarterback Dan Orlovsky. Yeah, we know the guy that ran out of the back of the end zone and made the Lions look like a complete joke. He said, I think the Lions organization has a problem and it starts with their head coach. And then he went on to say, um, when you haven't warranted that type of clout and you go into that meeting room, players look around and say, why is he talking to one of our leaders? Kind of saying, kind of going back to the statement that Slay made of him not being elite, just good. And then Dan Orlovsky saying the players in that room might look at that and go, why is he talking to one of our leaders like that? So it's very interesting. And then 
Uh, Garrett Hudson. Um, many of you might not know who that is. He was a player that was cut by the Lions. And he said, Matt Patricia is the... Matt Patricia is literally the worst person I've encountered in my entire football career. I was excited the Lions cut me. It was that bad. Now, obviously, that's not an all pro. That's not that's not a guy that's like, oh, you that's that's a guy you respect. The guy's got nothing to lose. So why would he lie? There's a clear problem. A clear problem. The Lions have. And it's with their head coach, Matt Patricia. It starts at the top. Now, in defense of Matt Patricia, I'll say this. Slay, Quandre Diggs, and all these other guys might not like Patricia. And they all kind of, they all say the same things. But one thing they also do say is they don't agree with a lot of the decisions he makes. Well, here's the thing. At the end of the day, he's the head coach. He gets the decisions. You've got to follow what he says. Just because you don't agree doesn't mean he's a bad guy, he's a bad coach, whatever. He's the head coach, you, you follow the decisions. Now, in defense of that, there's some other things being said here. Respect, egos, whatever. But obviously, you know, in, in Quandre Diggs, as soon as he got traded and went to Seattle last season, he brought up these same types of things about Matt Patricia. So there's a problem. How can we allow this guy to be the head coach in Detroit? How can we allow a locker room who hate, like, people like Bill Belichick. People want to go play for Bill Belichick, and they will go play their ass off for him. People go play their ass off for Nick Saban, because Nick Saban's going to get them to the next level. Bill Belichick's going to make these guys a Super Bowl champion. In theory, you know, that's kind of what it is. Why do people go? Right oh, um, why do people go play for Dabo Sweeney? He, he's going to compete in a national championship. Same thing in the NFL. Who wants to really? If if they're elite, they're one of the best players in the game. Look at the free agents I named off. We didn't hit any home runs. The Lions didn't hit one home run. He's getting the bottom of the barrel, and the only reason some of these. Like Trufant, uh, Trufant, why is he coming? If he's good, why is he coming? Because we're throwing money at him, right? We're throwing money at him. We're giving him just an opportunity. Maybe that other teams really aren't giving him or other teams aren't giving him the money. Only two reasons why people come to Detroit and want to play for the Lions. One, because they're former Patriots and used to be with Matt Patricia. Or we're throwing a lot of money at him. Or fine, a third reason, they suck. No elite players are coming to Detroit and playing for the Lions. We're not hitting any home runs in free agency, and this is the exact reason why. You got an ass of a head coach, and this team isn't good. This team is bad. And it starts with your head coach, and it ultimately starts with your owner. Because Bob Quinn, everyone can see that Matt Patricia isn't the guy. Matt Patricia isn't the guy that should be the head coach. He's not a head coach. He sucks in-game. He clearly sucks in the locker room and in the film room. In team meetings, he, he clearly is terrible at his job. So he clearly needs to be gone, right? Shouldn't be the head coach here. Well, Bob Quinn's keeping him around. So if your GM can't see it's time to let go of the head coach, maybe he should be gone. 
But Martha Ford's got her sunglasses on. She can't see inside with sunglasses on. So she doesn't know what's going on. This is a laughing stock of an organization right now. Something's got to change here. We know Matt Patricia's the head coach going into year three. So year three is going to be a complete mockery. This team could go 0-17. The only hope is that Matthew Stafford has another MVP year. And this defense is just eh. Because that's all this defense is going to be is eh. I saw a graphic. Pro Football Focus uh, put out a graphic of pass rushers time to the quarterback. The Lions rushed the least amount of guys and took the longest to get to the quarterback. Wow. Like, honestly, yes, if you rush the least amount of guys in the league, it should take you the longest time to get to the quarterback. Why don't we rush more? And maybe we'll get to the quarterback quicker and we don't give up third and 15 and then lose 12 games. Pretty much lose 13 because that tie should have never happened. But hey, defense, good job. I mean, you tell me. You tell me what we're supposed to take of these comments. It's not one guy saying this. It's every guy who leaves Detroit says the same thing about Matt Patricia. Same thing. There's nothing new here. We heard it from Quandry Diggs, and now we're hearing it from Darius Slay. Two elite guys on defense. He's lost two elite guys. Both of them are on defense who work with him day in and day out. You can't make this stuff up. It's fact. It's true. He's not loved in that locker room. It's obvious. You're a good player. You know football. You don't like Matt Patricia. It doesn't work out. And maybe, you know, people want to argue, he never had this problem in the Patriots. These Patriot players love him. They come here to Detroit to play with him. You know what? There was a man in that building in Foxborough that said, hey, it's my way or the highway. He probably, you know, Patricia probably was like, hey, you got a problem. That's Belichick. He's now the king in Detroit. It's his way or the highway. And clearly a lot of people don't agree with his way. Because Bill Belichick could step in and say, hey, Matt, shut up. Well, no one's telling him to shut up in Detroit. So you rub a lot of players the wrong way and going to be out of a job soon. Mainly because you suck at your job and your boss sucks at his job. Just saying. Like, if Slay was the only one saying this, then maybe we wouldn't be talking about this because it would be one accusation. But this has come from multiple players and multiple players. I'm telling you right now, we've got a problem in Detroit. This season's going to be real ugly because at some point, I got to believe that these players aren't going to play for him anymore. And these players, we're going to get a half-ass effort on the field. It's going to be real ugly. We're going to take a break. Come right back. Should the Lions go sign Devontae Freeman? We'll discuss in a minute. All right, welcome back. It's crunch time. I'm your host, Jacob Cox. Should the Lions go sign a running back? Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, and Devontae Freeman were the options. Two out of the three have been signed. 
Todd Gurley went to uh, the Atlanta Falcons, and Melvin Gordon went to the Broncos. So now we've just got Devontae Freeman. Um, so should the Lions go sign him? Well, we've got questions. And it's very easy. My answer is no. Because you're going to have to spend a lot of money for a guy that's, you know, he's 28 years old, right? 28. Okay. Now, last year, he ran for 656 yards. And, okay, let's talk about it. He played 14 of the 16 games, right? He played for a not-so-great team. Spent seven seasons in the league. Okay. He only had four touchdowns last season. This is a guy who's, you know, he hasn't had any huge seasons. I mean, he's only got 11 touchdowns in his career. So he's not a guy that explodes it with numbers. Obviously, in 2016, 2015, 2016 were his best years. Thousand, thousand yard rusher, right? 2017, he decreased 865. And then he got injured, and now he came back with 656. This isn't a guy that you're going to throw a lot of money at, and that's my problem with going out and signing a free agent running back like this. You're going to have to throw a lot of money at him. I wouldn't. I really wouldn't. Don't spend, all right? You got carry on. If you need to sign Bo Scarbo more, you, you sign him to more. Go for it. Give him another couple. Give him a million dollars, right? It, at this Name of the game. If you want another running back, draft one. I'll name two top guys right off the top of my head. Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins. But yeah, go draft one of those guys in the second round. You got, what, two second round picks now? I don't know. Do we got two or do we just have... Do we got two in the third? Um... I don't want mock draft things. I want to know. I want to know what these lines are picking. Okay, so we have two third round picks. We only have one in round one, one in round two. But you got the 35th overall pick in the, in the second round. You could draft a running back there. Depends what you do with round one. But hey, if Jonathan Taylor's still sitting there at 35, I'd eat him up. If you desperate, if you think you want a running back. 35, draft Jonathan Taylor or J.K. Dobbins. You badly think you need another running back. Draft one. And if for some reason one of them are still sitting there at 67, oh, yeah, I'm hopping on. Getting on the train. A lot of Lions fans think you need another running back. I, for one, eh, I'm in the middle. If Carrion can stay healthy, he's your number one, and Bo can be your number two. But if carry-on can't stay healthy, then yeah, you might want to draft Jonathan Taylor. And if you do, and they're both great, and carry-on stays healthy, you shot bow or you have three. It's, it's not that hard. It's, it's very simple. But to go out and sign a running back, to me, is idiotic. Why would you do that? No reason to. No reason whatsoever to go out and sign another running back. None. All right. Just plain and simple. If you want another running back, the draft's coming up. They'll be here before we know. And speaking of the draft coming up, my mock draft will be coming next week. 
Monday through Friday, I will be working on it, and I'll have it for you probably midweek, honestly. We already know who the number one pick is. Joe Burrow is the number one pick. I'll say that right now. But from there on, I don't know. Uh, my mock draft or my NHL or my draft projections, it'll only be the first round. I'm not going to do all the rounds of the draft and every single pick, but I will do the first round. Um, I'll break down the top 10 picks, and then after that, I'll list the guys, their position, uh, the school they just went to, and who they're going to. Um, but yeah, so if I was Alliance. I wouldn't go sign a running back because I'm not throwing that kind of money at anybody, um, especially a running back who you don't know if he's what he was. All right, so uh, we're going to move on. Brady to the Buccaneers. Um, yeah, Tom Brady, two years, $50 million deal. All of that is guaranteed. Ooh, so that's interesting. Um He's now in a division with Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, and Teddy Bridgewater, who is now the Panthers quarterback. Tom Brady is 4-0 against Matt Ryan, and he's 2-1 against Drew Brees when he's in a Saints uniform. So you look at the two two teams in that division, you got a winning record against Tom, and you haven't played uh, Teddy Bridgewater yet, so that, that'll be interesting. Um, Brady now has a lot of weapons. Ronald Jones... Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, O.J. Howard, and he's got a head coach that, hey, he's won in the NFL, Bruce Arians. The 42-year-old is now in a warm weather place. Eight home games in Tampa Bay, and then he's got eight road games, but four of them are in a dome, including him coming to Detroit one time. He's only got four outdoor games in a possibility of cold weather. So, hey, for a 42-year-old, he's doing better than what he would have got in New England. Weather is better for the wife, so happy, happy, happy wife, happy life, right? Apparently, that's what people tell me. Um, I like this. I like Brady to the Bucks, and I like it a lot. Um, it's great. It's a great, great move for Tom Brady. He's now in a place like there was a lot of pressure on him in New England. If he wasn't going to win the division. Imagine how that would go over. Like, oh my God, he's he's falling apart. Well, now when the Patriots don't win the division, it doesn't have anything to do with Tom. Tom ain't there, right? Tom never lost in the AFC East. Bingo. He gets to leave saying, hey, yeah, every time I played, huh, we won the AFC East. He can say that all day long. Now the NFC South, it's going to be hard to beat the New England Saints. I'm sorry. Oh, wow, the New England Saints. Woo! The New Orleans Saints. Okay. Um, it's going to be hard to beat them. I mean, Drew Brees is not as old as Tom. Drew Brees is still playing at an elite level. And let me tell you, that team really, really wants a ring. That team has come close. It's battled. It's battled. It's battled. Hey, it's time, right? So, Drew Brees... Michael Thomas, all those guys returning that defense is probably the biggest question mark for the Saints. Um, but you look at the Falcons, that's not a team to really uh, be concerned about right now. And the Panthers, it, I, I'm going to be excited to watch this team. Matt Rule, Joe Brady, Teddy Bridgewater, Christian McCaffrey. That, that team, this division could have two wildcard teams. 
straight up. You could have three teams within this division uh, make the playoffs. And it'll, it'll be very interesting, um, to say the least, on that part. And the, and you look at the Buccaneers a little bit, dive into the Buccaneers a little bit more. That defense is getting better. Last year was Bruce Arians' first year. Hey, yeah, you saw, you saw progress. You really did. I mean, Jameis Winston threw for a heck of a lot of yards, first of all. That's the first mark that Bruce Arians had on the team was quarterback Jameis Winston. Yeah, I know he threw a ton of interceptions, 30 interceptions on the year. But what people don't remember was he also threw for the most yards in the NFL last season. So, hey, now you have a competent quarterback who won't throw interceptions. Things might work out on offense. And then, like I said, that defense has gotten better since Arians arrived. Expect that to continue. I mean, it's kind of like what I thought with Matt Patricia. But I don't want to go down that path again. But, hey. Bruce Arians is going to have them do the right thing. And it's got enough talent on both sides of the ball to win the division. And that's why I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are now Super Bowl contenders. Hate to say it, but they are. Wherever Brady goes, that team's contending. Because, and Adam Schefter has said it, it's, it's, the, it's the LeBron effect, except for Tom Brady. It's a Tom Brady effect. You know, LeBron went to Cleveland. Okay, Kyrie. You know, everyone wants to now play in Cleveland. He goes to LA. Okay, people want to play for the Lakers. Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay. Now people want to play for the Buccaneers. It wasn't, oh, that's Jameis's team. I ain't touching it. No, it's now sign me up. Get me on that flight to Tampa. Coronavirus, you can't get on the flight to Tampa and talk to the team on the team facility. But whatever. You know what I mean? It's it's hey. I want to play for the Buccaneers now. It's the, it's the LeBron effect on the on the NFL. Tom Brady effect. Tampa Bay is going to be a Super Bowl contender. Tom Brady won this deal. His marriage, his divorce, he's winning his divorce. 100% Tom Brady wins his divorce. He has a chance to win a Super Bowl next season. In year one of his deal with the Buccaneers, he could be a Super Bowl champion. No doubt he's in a playoff team. That Tampa Bay will make the playoffs. Guaranteed, they'll make the playoffs. After that, ooh, they could go make a run. All right, coming up, top 10 college football coaches right now. All right, we're back. Top 10 college football coaches right now. All right. I decided, hey, there's nothing to talk about. We got the virus going on. You know, we got the free agent stuff, but I'm done talking about the NFL. So, hey, what am I going to talk about for the next half hour? Well, let me tell you, I'm not talking about college football coaches for a half hour, but I thought it, hey, would be a nice segment to do, a nice segment to discuss who are the top coaches in the game right now? Who are people wanting to go play for? Um, kind of ranking them based on resume and ultimately who who wants to go play for these guys. So at number 10, national championship coach. One, Natty, uh, coached at USC for a little while. Now the head coach of the LSU Tigers. Ed Orgeron is my 10th best coach in college football right now. 
You might be saying, oh my God, he's only at 10. Well, let's look kind of look at his body of work here. He turned around LSU. But it's really only the place he's really won at. Um, love the guy. Love him to death. But he's the 10th best, best coach in the nation right now. At number nine, Wisconsin head coach Paul Christ. You might be shocked he's on the list. But listen, he has kept them relevant every single year. Now, yeah, they have their down years and... They struggle at times, but this is one of the programs that doesn't recruit at a necessarily high level, but year in and year out, they compete in that big 10 in there. When those East teams go ha- go play in Wisconsin, or even when Wisconsin c- comes in and plays at in the East on, on the East turf, it's, it's always a battle. You always know Wisconsin's going to be a good team. So, I give a lot of credit to Paul Chris for keeping that school relevant, even though you don't recruit at a high level. They go out and they beat some good programs. Um, at number eight, I've got Dan Mullen, Florida Gators head coach. I expect Florida to win the SEC East this year. I expect Florida to maybe win the entire conference. They could beat Alabama in the, in the SEC championship game. I expect Florida to be a college football playoff contender the last couple weeks um i think they have got a really good squad and it's mostly to dan mullen's coaching and dan mullen's recruiting so like that's why he's on the list and that's why he sits at number eight at number seven i've got brian kelly notre dame fighting irish head coach i know a lot of people criticize him but his it's a 10 win team every single year now i understand his schedule kind of navigates you know, he doesn't have to play a top program week in and week out, but Brian Kelly's still a good football coach. Brian Kelly got them to the college football playoff. Brian Kelly's consistently winning and winning and winning. And when he plays big teams, his teams can find a way. I mean, look at bowl games. Look at bowl games. Look at some of the – like, he's beat really good Michigan teams. He's beat some really good Michigan State teams. He's beat some really good Stanford teams. He goes out and he competes with some of the – he's beaten some really good USC teams. You gotta credit some of those wins. At number six, Jimbo Fisher. Now, Jimbo's on this list for not because of what he's done at Texas AM, but what he did at Florida State. And I think he's going to bring that to the Aggies here in the new near future. Um, I think Texas AM, they've started to recruit better. I believe this this program, now they did play in the SEC West. It's a hard conference to win it. SEC West is definitely a tough tough division he's he plays a lot of big big dogs but Jimbo Fisher is going to find a way he is going to find a way he's won he won a national championship at Florida State you don't think he's going to find a way to sneak one out in the SEC he'll find a way just going to take some time but he's still one of the top football coaches in the nation at number five you might be shocked about where this guy is at number five I've got Ryan Day of the Ohio State Buckeyes now, the only reason I have Ryan Day at five is because in one year he didn't win anything. He won the Big Ten, right? But that's one year. He was pretty much carrying on Urban Meyer's legacy. It was Urban's team. But now he's getting a chance to recruit. And if he can continue that, he'll definitely surge up to number three. Maybe even number two. Maybe even number one. But right now, he hasn't won with his guys. When he gets his guys and he continues to recruit at the level he's recruiting, which let me tell you right now, he's recruiting very well. 
And it looks like his team is going to be back in the college football playoff in 2020 and 2021. But, but, I can't put them ahead of guys who have recruited and won with their guys. Just like at number four, Kirby Smart. He's recruited and won with his guys. But he hasn't won anything, really. He's been to the national title game. He's won the SEC. So he's at number four. He ain't at number three yet because he hasn't done it consistently. He's having consistent problems, consistency problems with his squad. And I frankly think he's an idiot of an in-game head coach. It's part of the reason why James Franklin isn't on this list. Haven't won anything, really. You got lucky for a Big Ten title one time. And then the you know the other side of that is your end game is bizarre. You're an idiot. But Kirby Smart's on the list because hey, he's won. He's played in the national championship, been in the playoff, competes in the SEC. Hey, you belong on the list. You recruit at a very high level. At number three, Lincoln Riley of the Oklahoma Sooners, one of the great offensive minds in the game. Um, obviously, he's got to belong on the list. He's just a genius. <laughs> I, if I was an offensive player, I if I'm a skill player, running back, quarterback, wide receiver, even a tight end, I want to go play for that guy because he's going to get you the ball and he's going to get you to the league. Not saying you're going to be successful in the league. Look at Baker Mayfield. Ah, that guy's <laughs> that guy's fraud. Cleveland's going to have to find another quarterback at some point. But Lincoln Riley. I mean, although he gets obliterated in the playoff almost every time he goes, he's consistently there. Big Big 12 titles, consistent. I mean, I was a big believer in Matt Rule and the Baylor Bears last season, and and Lincoln Riley comes in here, he strives in here, and next thing you know, Oklahoma's just taking him over. You know what I mean? So um, I like Lincoln Riley, and like I said, I'd love to play for him. Um, At number two, Dabo Sweeney. That can't be any surprise to anybody. Continues to win national championships, continues to win ACC championships, recruits at a high level. Same thing with Nick Saban at number one. Wins, wins, wins some more. Cool. Now, if you want to argue flipping Dabo and Nick, let me tell you. Let's look at this. Clemson doesn't play anybody. Play anybody. Yeah, that has to do with their conference sucking. But Nick Saban's conference doesn't suck, and he still wins. Sorry, just how it is. Okay, cool. They didn't go to the playoff for the first time last season. Give that schedule to Clemson, and let's see what happens. Yeah, hi, cool. I know they won the they won the national championship. They beat the Ohio State Buckeyes. I don't care. I, I really don't. This team, Nick Saban has more rings. Nick Saban recruits at just as high of a level as Dabo Sweeney. You want to debate that one and two? Cool. They're both going to be back next year. They're both going to be in that conversation for the playoff when the committee decides to select. And they might both be in the national championship again. Just because Dabo's gotten the better of Nick the last couple times doesn't mean that Saban's a better... I'm sorry. It doesn't mean Dabo's a better coach than Nick. I think Saban's number one. If Dabo continues to win, eh, he, he can move up. I'm not saying that can't happen. I'm just saying right now, Saban won, Dabo two. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Move to the last segment of the day. Hard truth with the three major professional sports coming right up. 
Alrighty, here we go. Final segment of the day. It's a good one. The hard truth with the three major professional sports right now. That's what I'm I'm not talking about the NFL. Told you I was done with that. NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball. What is the hard truth right now? The hard truth is that these seasons might not happen. The NBA and NHL might not finish up. And Major League Baseball, it might not happen in general, or at least delayed start, shorter season, if that. So here's the hard truth. Here's what I humbly believe. I believe that the NHL and NBA are done. Maybe they'll have their playoffs, mm, but I don't think so. I think it's done. I don't think we'll 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 see it in. I guess what the preseason's in October. You know they tip off puck drop in in late October, November. Eh, okay, uh, that might just be when it happens. We might not see basketball and hockey again till they start up their regular seasons for the 2020-2021 season. Just might be how it is. Major League Baseball might not come around until 2021 again. Or they're even, I don't think they're going to push back this season. So here's my opinion. I don't think either professional major sport here, neither the commissioners have kind of come out and said that they don't want to affect next season. They want to start next season on time and play the full schedule. So I don't think that would... I don't think anybody's going to push these back because then the players are going to be like, oh, well, I want a longer break. So then you don't report to a certain day. Now it backs everything up. I don't think that's what the leagues want. The leagues want to start the next season on time. So with doing that, do they have time to start the NBA again? Or do they have time to start the NHL again and, and try to play through? Or do they start right with the playoffs? But even if they start right with the playoffs, is that going to work? Because the NBA isn't coming back until mid-June. And mid-June is really when the NBA Finals go on. They don't go into July. July is a baseball month, and it's pure baseball before the football gets started. The NBA Finals and NHL Stanley Cup Finals, they don't go into July. So if they don't even consider starting back up until mid-June, the playoffs wouldn't end until like August. And then, guess what? It pushes the offseason back pushes the start back, which I don't, both the leagues have come out and said, hey, they don't want to affect next season. So with that being said, I don't see how the NHL and NBA get done this year. I don't, I don't think we're going to see another professional basketball game or professional hockey game until the preseason of the 2020-2021 year. For Major League Baseball, you could delay start and shorten up the season. It's a possibility. But I guess, ultimately, there's a possibility we don't see baseball until 2021. Straight up. I hope it doesn't happen. I hope none of these three scenarios happen. I want to see playoff hockey. I want to see playoff basketball. I want to see playoff baseball. But at the end of the day, right now, it doesn't look like it's going to happen due to the coronavirus. Now, it'll suck. But I just kind of wanted to give you a little glimpse. It's my hard truth of the three major sports right now. I hate it. I hope it doesn't happen. I hope they do get to play, play through here. They really do. But right now, the way it's looking, I highly doubt it. I don't see it happening. I, I just don't. And if it does, yay, because I miss my sports. <laughs> but as of right now, I just... 
It's the hard truth. And the hard truth is we might not see the next professional sport or collegiate, you know, obviously the next collegiate sport we're seeing is football. We're seeing college football. That's the next collegiate sport we're going to see. But it, the NFL might be the next professional sport we do see. We might not see baseball till 2021. We might not see NBA and NHL action until the preseason of the 2020-2021 year. It'll suck. You know, it'll suck not seeing any sports until, what, August? You know, preseason football in August. And then, you know, obviously the college football season that last week, August, first week of September. But, you know. I hope the NBA and NHL do start up because, hey, I get sports mid-June then, right? And we get baseball maybe a week after that. And then everything kind of, once that starts happening, everything returns to a little bit of normal around here. But as of right now, (laughs) we've got to get through April and May before even the consideration, even just the consideration of sports returning. So, yeah, that, uh, that could be tough. All right. That'll do it here for episode number nine of Crunch Time. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We talked about the Lions free agent moves. Slay and others make comments on Matt Patricia. What did it mean? And what were those comments? And then should the Lions go sign a free agent running back? I said no, and I said they if if they do indeed think they need another running back, that they should just go draft one. Then we talked about Brady to the Buccaneers. Top 10 college football coaches right now. Number one, Nick Saban. You can guess number two, but three to 10 is very interesting. And then the hard truth about the major sports, three of the major professional sports right now. We just got to that. It was a great episode. It was great and jam-packed. I hope you enjoyed it. As much as I did, please come back for episode number 10. If you are not following the podcast account on Twitter, go ahead and do that at CrunchTimeJC. And if you're not following my personal Twitter, please go ahead and do that, JacobCox underscore 24. And if you haven't yet, please check out my website. Um, I post the links to the podcast. I post um, my bets of the day when sports come back to have betting and then i also post articles my most recent article on why tom brady to the buccaneers will work um all of that will be on a website you can type it in crunch time with jacobcox.wordpress.com uh, the link will also be in my bio on twitter um for that but thank you for joining me on today's episode come back for episode number 10 this is crunch time i'm your host jacob cox have a great day